Hi everyone, I'm Sean McCracken, news editor for Hotel News Now. Uh, Coming off of September where hotel stocks have broadly declined, publicly traded hotel companies head into the third quarter earnings season outperforming the broad market. Hotel brands were down just 2.4% and real estate investment trusts down 0.4%, while the S&P 500 and the RMZ had their worst month of the year, down 4.9% and 7.5% respectively. With that in mind, we got Mike Mike Belisario, Senior Research Analyst for Baird, here with us today to talk about expectations for hotel brands and the REITs ahead of the Q3 earnings season. So, Mike, what would you say is the broad narrative around hotel stocks right now? Uh, thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Uh, the The big picture is it's fine. Uh, I, I think the the challenge that we and investors have is growth is not reaccelerating. Uh, that's not really the case for a lot of sectors outside of hotels, but. It's sort of steady as she goes. In the United States, top line is low single digit positive. Certain markets are still normalizing. There's still a little bit of indigestion among investors. Urban's getting better, business transients recovering, the group outlook looks good. Leisure is still normalizing. One thing we, we hear a little bit more about is, you know, do we see more normalization into to 2024? Uh, but broadly speaking, for the REITs, it's uh, it's more of an expense challenge and a mismatch between the top line and the middle part of the P&L. And then when you zoom out for the global brands, you have way more tailwinds uh, in their business with um, – yeah, incentive fees, for example, with Marriott and uh, the cross-border travel recovery that's still occurring, China, uh, Asia Pacific. So it, broadly speaking for them, it, it's good. The outlook is good. Uh, a lot of investors are focusing on net unit growth and the development challenges there. But uh, I think what's different today, and maybe I'll compare this to 90 days ago, April to May to June, we saw a slippage in RevPAR in the United States and expenses remained elevated. What was uh, good to see in the third quarter in a seasonally slower period is it was steady, right? There was not continued slippage. And maybe in today's world of macroeconomic and interest rate uncertainty, flat is the new up. Uh, and maybe that's why, and I think that is part of the reason why the hotel stocks have been uh, better relative performers uh, in recent months. Yeah. And so ho- hopefully that's a good lay of the land for you. And so and among the publicly traded hotel companies, it seems like so far this year, the C-Corps have been a bit more, you know, they've been doing better than the REITs, obviously, you know, not ne- last month necessarily, but over the grand sweep. And do you think part of that this year is just the international exposure or is that just the way of the world now or investors just feeling better about brands? It- Yes, it's it's I think the latter, it, and and that's not this is not new, right? This you look back over multiple years, uh, and it sort of really started to pick up in 2013, 14, 15. Coincidentally, when Hilton came public, then there was the Marriott Starwood combination. Bigger is better. Just investors have embraced the business model, the asset light nature of uh, their earnings profile. They buy back a bunch of stock. Uh, I mean, frankly, it's it, it, it's a better business, and it's uh, they have organic growth. Right? Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of other businesses out there. Yes, Revpar is cyclical, but I always have to remind people the contracts are not cyclical. Yeah. They're sticky, twenty plus plus years. Uh, so yes, that that's the, the short answer is uh, investors better appreciate. Uh, and understand the sort of earnings durability and earnings power of the hotel brands where the REITs are still very much uh, cyclical uh, vehicles. So what are the trends then for the brands, the C-Corps going into the 
the third quarter earnings season? Yeah, you know, I don't think the third quarter matters too much. But Marriott just previewed uh, a better than expected rev par for the quarter. There's an expectation that that will be the case for for Hilton. And everyone's starting to flip the calendar to 24. And it always works like that in the hotel world. 1Q and 4Q don't matter as much because of the way the reporting calendar is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the meat of the year is March to October, and then people's you flip the calendar to the next year. And honestly, for the brands, people are looking out to 25 and beyond because Marriott laid the groundwork uh, at their investor day. And then Hilton is going to have an investor day in March. Presumably, they'll give a, a, a three-year outlook as well. Uh, but overall, it's, it's, it's net unit growth. It's not so much post-SVB questions about what happens in the lending world. I think that's better understood, known. The headwinds are there. It's how many conversions can the brands do? How aggressive do they get with their balance sheets and key money to either protect hotels or to win new deals? And what's the path to getting back? Maybe not back exactly to what they were doing in 2019, but uh, better than what they have been doing recently on the net unit growth front. And I think importantly, when you think about over the long run, net unit growth is a bigger driver of overall fee growth mm-hmm. than RevPar because RevPar grows 2 to 3% globally over the long run. And it, I'll use Hilton and Marriott as an example, Hyatt too. Right, net unit growth should be four, five plus percent. And that that's a bigger driver of the way investors think today than it yeah. was 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's basically more customers paying the money from the way their businesses are structured. So that makes clearly makes sense. I um, So switching to the REITs, obviously um, coming off a, a month where they did pretty all right, but obviously have been beaten up in recent history. I'm just wondering from your perspective, what are the trends in that space? And I want I would like to know, like, if you were a hotel REIT executive right now, how how much would you be fretting about the long term future of your business? Because it seems like sentiment has been down for a while and I don't I don't see anything on the horizon that's going to significantly improve that. How long do we have? (laughs) Uh, As long as it takes, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I, I get frustrated at times, and I know the management teams are frustrated too. Right? There is, there is a disconnect today between public and private market valuations. You know, mm-hmm. How wide? It depends how you uh, want to quantify it, but you know, it could be wide to very wide. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the challenge is the hotel read business. When you look over cycles, and we have good data back to 0506. Most parts of the cycle, the hotel REITs trade at or below NAV. Now, yeah. NAV never a is point a where a, a REIT executive will not complain about the discount to NAV. It's never, it's never not a thing. <laughs> right. And when you're at NAV or above NAV, if that's the metric you're using as, as your barometer for when to issue equity, a lot of times you're issuing equity. The public market is giving you a green light to say, hey, go issue equity. And go mm-hmm. buy assets, uh, and presumably, uh, Reed is not issuing equity at a discount to NAV. Yeah, um, it, it, it's a challenge. It's a cyclical business. It's capex intensive. It's it's hard to grow. It's sort of all the opposite uh, attributes that I mentioned a minute ago about about the hotel brands. Mm-hmm. Um, it one of the things that is is tough too. 
when you compare hotel REITs to other real estate subsectors, uh, apartments and industrial and you know, net lease, maybe not today with where interest, interest rates have, have moved and where the stock prices have gone, but those businesses, right, there's an expectation that they grow. Uh, it's a little easier to underwrite. They have mm-hmm. you know, anywhere from one year to, to 10 or 15 year leases. You can better estimate your cost of capital and there's an expectation that you grow and there's there's you're rewarded for growth. Mm-hmm. In the hotel REIT space, it's it's hard to grow. Right? You you the portfolios are small for the most part, and doing one transaction, buy or sell, can move the needle. Mm-hmm. And the management team has to be very good at timing the capital markets, when to buy back stock, when to issue stock, when to do a preferred deal, when to do more debt, et cetera. It's in in the cycle short. Right? We've seen three-year, seven-year cycles, and there's always some demand shock. So it's my, my, my long-winded answer is it's tough. The management teams are frustrated. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, a glimmer of hope with the KSL Hersha transaction that was uh, announced at the end of August. The the buy side, the the investors that that I talk to, that's kind of gone uh, by the wayside. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a good print. Obviously, the debt market has moved since then. I think myself and most people believe it's pretty idiosyncratic to to Hersha and their portfolio. Yeah. But I think what it proves, and this is the challenge, and this is the management team's job, is to if if you are worth ten and you're trading for five, how do you get to something greater than five. Maybe it doesn't even have to be 10, maybe it's nine or eight. And then what's the path to get there? Can you do it tomorrow in a all cash transaction or does it take you two or three years to get there because you have to sell some assets, shrink your portfolio, make it more interesting to a prospective buyer? but they're all frustrated. A lot of them are buying back stock. A lot of them are selling hotels mm-hmm. um, or a lot of them are, are sitting on their hands and saying, we're going to be patient. Uh, interest rates are high. There, there will be some distressed opportunities and we'll wait for those. And in the meantime, fundamentals aren't bad. They're not great. It's just we're at this call it like a lull period almost. Yeah. There's not a ton to do. And uh, when you think about transactions, there's just not a lot happening because the the debt doesn't pencil and so many people need mm-hmm. leverage and the spreadsheet tells them don't buy. Yeah. yeah. Everything in the world tells them don't buy right now. So you're saying then and, everybody. And that's not that, that's not just for hotels either. That That's across yes. a lot of real estate. It is not unique. Too. Yeah, for sure. So you're saying all the people are hopeful when they look at the Hersha deal and say, finally, finally, they're, they're going private, that that's not going to be the trend. It's a one off. I would say. Nine out of ten investors uh, think that it still mm-hmm. comes up in conversation as a positive data point. If you're bullish or interested in getting long hotel reads, it's not one, two, or three on your list of uh, investment attributes. It, it's on there, mm-hmm. um, but it, it, it proves that there's private equity interest mm-hmm. in hotels and hotel real estate. Deals can still get done. Smaller deals, obviously, it needs to, to check a bunch of boxes. Um, and the, there's discounts. Mm-hmm. It's just how wide they are, and and how how do you the management team and how do investors underwrite and it comes from handicap closing that discount yeah. when and how. So you mentioned earlier that um, perform the ref part performance for the last month almost doesn't matter for the brands right now. I'm just wondering, as a as a broad. Um, 
takeaway, like how how meaningful do you think performance is going to be in October? Because I know we're at this kind of pinch point where September is similar, but we're transitioning away from the summer season. And I'm sure a lot of people are curious how sustainable demand might be right now. Do you think October is going to be a big deal or is it just kind of like you were saying, like you expect it to be pretty consistent but slow? Yeah, let's take a step back. I think September was plus 3% year over year. Yeah. And the prior four months were plus one or two. So, yes, we saw a step up, but yeah, a marginal step up. Yeah, October should look more like September. When, mm-hmm. when myself included, and I talked to a bunch of people, everyone's traveling post Labor Day to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, people are back in the office. That helps. And remember the word compression? When was the last time? We were talking about compression, yeah. 2015 or 2016. Well, it's going to be New York now, right? With, with no Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And maybe that's a little bit coincidental, but I was in New York last week and on our system, three quarters of the hotels were sold out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know that that's on Tuesday and Wednesday, maybe Thursday. It's not Monday to Thursday, but that helps. And yeah. you know, ultimately, higher demand leads to higher rates and higher RevPAR. So that, that trend should continue for, let's call it the next four to six weeks or so. Uh, and then we'll get into some tougher comparisons on the leisure side between Thanksgiving and, and New Year's. Uh, but it, sort of tempering your comments a little bit. Yes, there, there's a bit of a reacceleration, mm-hmm. but it's not as if it's going from plus one to plus three to five to seven. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, a, and a lot of it is really just mix shift too, where we're seasonally stronger to your point in these urban markets and we're lapping the tougher comparisons from the summer in the leisure markets. Mm-hmm. So this is the, we're at the point of the conversation where I ask you to do my job for me and tell me what are the interesting companies to watch this quarter. So on the brand side, uh, I actually think all of them are interesting for different reasons. And that's a boring answer for you, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll point to Hilton mm-hmm. in part because the other large cap named Marriott just gave a three-year outlook and people are going to, and, and they have been doing lots of Marriott versus Hilton comparisons, yeah. trying to figure out what the growth algorithm Hilton's going to give uh, in the spring and March at their investor day. So I think that will be very topical, especially along the lines of net unit growth and uh, development financing and, and, and conversions there. Um, on the REIT side, uh, Sunstone will be interesting. Uh, yeah, the Boston Park Plaza trade is pending, happening soon. Uh, presumably, that will be announced before their earnings report on November 7th. Uh, what do they do with all the cash? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much more stock have they bought back? Uh, how much of it do they set aside for uh, renovations? Right? The, mm-hmm. the project in Miami just started. So lots of capital allocation and sort of strategic focus uh, on that one. Um, and then you go down the list to Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the one company that is in a unique position. I, yeah, I'd argue Ryman and App and Host have good balance sheets too and can buy properties, but Apple is the one that they're the most aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, their their our understanding is they're and they've communicated this too. Uh, they're leaning in a little bit, buying some properties. So it it will be interesting to see what they buy, what prices they pay, how the public market reacts to that especially juxtaposed against, let's call it five, six, seven other REITs that are predominantly selling hotels. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the selling is due to the balance sheets, uh, wanting to raise some capital, maybe buy back some stock. And then I think broadly 
take a step back. I mentioned the dispositions. Pelvic's still trying to sell hotels. They've been selling hotels for a while. Uh, and a few of these other names too. Diamond Rock uh, potentially selling a couple hotels still early days there. So a little bit more focus on transactions. Maybe that's some of that. Maybe some of that is related to the Hersha transaction. Just yeah. you know, me in my conversations, people focusing on trades, what's trading, what is really value, who are the buyers, where are people interested in deploying capital. And then fundamentally, I think that the the mismatch and trying to get your arms around expense pressures, they remain elevated. There was an expectation at the beginning of the year, the second half would be better. It is a little better, but it's not as good as we thought. Yeah. And RevPAR is still generally muted. So you have negative margins, flat to down EBITDA. How does that change everyone's view for the third quarter results when you think about modeling and sort of the cascading effect for Q and then in, in, into next year. But um, broadly speaking, fundamentals, the, the that risk was last quarter mm-hmm. when things slowed and sort of fell off a cliff in June. Yeah. It's when been steadier in the third. Yeah. Right. It's been steadier. Uh, yes. Italy, Greece, <laughs> Portugal. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and everyone says Europe's going to have tough comps next year because everyone went to Europe this year. It's like, well, there are the Olympics yeah. next year. <laughs> Plus, Taylor Swift is going to Europe. So your mm-hmm. your data team is going to have to do their analysis that they're doing in the U.S. They're going to have to do it in Europe next year, too. So mm-hmm. I'm not uh, I'm not buying the easy comps or the tough comps, rather, mm-hmm. uh, next year in Europe. All right. Any final takeaways or is that, that going to be the final word about Taylor Swift? <laughs> no, no, I, that can't be. Um <laughs> I think the biggest thing is looking out to 24, and this is more of a hotel REIT owner revenue expense comment, is just every, every all the growth rates will be norm, more normal. Mm-hmm. But the top line will have normalized these, for the most part, these leisure well, pandemic winning markets. Urban will be better. Group, uh, the growth rates will be solid, but obviously not as robust as this year. So mm-hmm. I, I just think it will be better balanced when people think about 2%, 4% rev par, whatever the number is, and three or 4% expense growth, we're, we're not going to be in this weird environment where it's really hard to figure out who's outperforming, who's underperforming, what's still normalizing, what's what's you know, it's normalizing in both directions. So mm-hmm. my point is, let's get the year over with and start focusing on 24. Yeah, all right. That's a fun sentiment. All right, Mike. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Devon Reed. I'm Omari Head. And I'm Chris Henry. We're the hosts of the Next Gen and Lodging podcast on the Hotel News Now podcast network. It's a monthly show in which we interview a new generation of hoteliers to get their insights into a variety of disciplines and topics from finance to food and beverage and hotel operations. Listen to us on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.